let's, let's dive, dive deep into a th- theological topic and try to learn more about something. So tonight we're going to look at uh, one of the works of the Holy Spirit, or a couple of them, the aspect of the Holy Spirit being the teacher and comforter, and then we're going to briefly kind of uh, touch on the topic of the Holy Spirit being the helper, but... Pastor Curtis is going to look more in depth with that next week. So what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to set him up and let him spike y'all next week, okay, uh, with that topic. But first I want us to turn our Bibles to the book of John. This is going to be one of the main passages we look at this evening, John chapter 14. And if you don't have your, your Bible, you can either grab a Bible that's in the pew in front of you, or if you want to look on the sheet, this is the verses that we're going to be looking at uh, to start off. And hopefully you have a Bible because we will be flipping a lot this evening. John chapter 14 verses 26 and 27. Uh, And let's actually start with verse 25. 25 through 27 says this. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring uh, bring your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, gives, do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Okay, the Holy Spirit has many different aspects. And you're going you're gonna to continue to learn about these aspects. But one thing that we see in John chapter 14 is this idea that he is helping us. But more specifically, one of the things that he is helping us with is the idea of teaching. So we're going to be thinking about some of this tonight. Point number one that we see on our sheet says this, the work of the Holy Spirit teaches, convicts us of sin, protects, and leads us to righteousness and salvation. So the Greek word that we see here, and you might have already learned this last week, but we also see it here in John chapter 14, is, is, is perikolitos, which means helper, or some people translate it into advocate. So, hey, this person's going to be on my side. This person's going to help me out, and this person's going to continue to to give me the strength that I need. Jesus is is very clear in John 14 that the Holy Spirit is the avenue in which we learn about true godliness. So we, we want to live a godly life every single day. At least, you know, we as Christians, I hope we want to live a godly life every single day. That should be our goal. When we wake up in the mornings, we should say, hey, today I want to be like God. Well, the Holy Spirit is next to us, or actually within us, so that we can live that every single day. He's the one who is teaching us about godliness. When when you do something that you're like, man, that's just wrong. That's just stupid. Why did I do that? That's the Holy Spirit speaking into your life and saying, hey, that's wrong. Hey, that's stupid. Hey, why did you do that? Okay, that's, that's the aspect of God that really convict, convicts us of our sin, that, that teaches us, that trains us in righteousness. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us of our sin and leads us to turn to the living and loving God. So a lot of people say, okay, now, whenever I got salvation, I understand Jesus' role. His role was the cross, 
Okay, I understand God, the father's role, because his role was, you know, the creation of the earth, sending his son. But how did the, how did the Holy Spirit work into this? Great question. I'm glad you asked. The Holy Spirit's the one who, who convicted you of your sin. When you felt that inside your heart that said, hey, you know, I am a wretchful sinner. I, I, I am dirty. You know, my righteousness is like a filthy rag. When, when you're the one who, who felt God pulling you to him, that was the Holy Spirit. And here's the great thing about the Holy Spirit in that aspect. It's the Holy Spirit's irresistible. When, when the Holy Spirit starts drawing you, guess what? You're coming. And, and, and you know what? He, the Holy Spirit might, might have to take a bat and beat you a couple times before you come. He had to do that with me. But, but you're coming. That's part of learning. That's part of him teaching. That's part of him guiding. That's part of him being God. And we, if, you, if you're in John chapter 14, turn over just a few chapters to John chapter 16. You'll probably be learning more about this later on. But this is a, a big passage in which discusses this point. John 16 verse 7 and following says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, helper, speaking of the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Did you get that? He will convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. See, he is your advocate or he's not concerning righteousness because I go to the father and you will see me no longer concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So we see this idea that the Holy spirit is the one that is convicting us. The one, and, and part of that conviction, both when you were not a believer and him drawing you to God and you as a believer being convicted of your sin, part of that conviction is so that you correct the mistakes that you're making. Next, we also be uh, that we also must be reminded of the protection that the Holy spirit has on us. This is a very unique quality. We, we, many of us have probably heard the passage from John chapter, uh, John chapter 10 that says, you know, um, that, you know, you are in the father's hand and that nothing can snatch you out of the father's hand. That's a very common passage in which we talk about, we cannot lose our salvation, but must we also remember that the Holy spirit has a role in protecting our salvation. The book, the book of Ephesians chapter four, verse 30 says this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit has this protection over us. And, and I, think, I think that's probably out of all the things about the Holy Spirit that, that tends to get overlooked. I think that's one of them. Let me, let me try to explain it this way. If the Holy Spirit's within you, 
that's part of the protection that you have. If the Holy was that just the youth or what? Man, they go crazy when I'm not in there. No, but when, when, when the Holy Spirit's within you, okay, that's part of a protection. If the Holy Spirit wasn't in you, he's not going to be protecting you. So, so, so maybe, hopefully that helps a little bit in understanding the protection of the Holy Spirit. Okay, number two. The work of the Holy Spirit is to help empower us daily to live out the glory of God. Back to the book of John, the 16th chapter. Verses 13 and 14 says this. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So, again, we, we, we talked about how daily we want to live for the glory of God. Okay, daily we want to please God. Daily we want to honor God. The only way we're going to do that is with the help of the Holy Spirit. And, and this is what it gets to the bottom line. The, the, the bottom line of this gets to, hey... When, or the reality is, we have no excuse to sin. Because we daily have guidance from the Holy Spirit. Now, does that mean that we're not going to sin? No, we, we are going to continue to sin. We were born into sin. We were born into to, to what Adam, Adam, who Adam was. But in that reality is, we still don't have that, we still don't have an excuse to do it. Even though we do it, doesn't make it right that we're doing that. So, because the Holy Spirit's within us, and because he corrects us, and because he teaches us, and because he guides us, and because he should be the one that we're looking to, we don't have that excuse on sinning. There is power among God's people because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Here's good news for us tonight. You have power. There's power among the people of God because we have God living within us. That's why we should go and share the gospel is because there's power among us. That's why we should have confidence in what we are doing when we share the gospel because we have God within us. And if we don't have confidence, then what tends to happen is we don't have a confidence in God. Let's look at, at the coming of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1. As the, whole, as the Holy Spirit is being prepared to come into Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You're going to receive power when? When the Holy Spirit comes within you. When the Holy Spirit comes to you. You get power with the Holy Spirit. 
That, that Greek word that it, that it uses there for power, meaning authority. You have authority now. God has given you authority. And, and what does Acts 1 say that authority is supposed to be used for? To go tell others. To, to take that good, wor- uh, good news that he has given you, that power he has given you, that authority he has given you, and go and tell others. And you can do that because you have power and authority through God the Holy Spirit. The Spirit cleanses us from sin and makes us holy, known as sanctification. I know that's a big word. I called Michael Moore up this week and I, I, I was asking him, hey, how, how'd the weekend go? You know, how, you know, I know you're pastor, but, but how did it go? He was like, oh, it went really well. But, you know, this one guy asked me a question and I told him, he said, hey, if it's more than a three-worded syllable, three-syllable word, more, yeah, three-syllable word, <laughs> that would have been w- weird. Uh, if it's more than a three-syllable word, he goes, I don't know what it means. And I know sanctification is a big word. It's a seminary word. It's one that if you go to seminary, you're going to hear a lot about sanctification. But this is what it means. You're constantly growing. It's this constant process of how you grow spiritually. The Holy Spirit is the one who who shapes you into that constant process of how you're growing. Sanctification. And, and, And I pray... I pray that we realize the seriousness of our own personal sanctification. Now, there there are pastors and there are denominations out there that will say that there will be one day where you can reach perfect sanctification. You know, I'll agree with them, but not on this earth. We will reach perfect sanctification one day, but not in this body. Okay, because this is a constant growth, constant process of growing daily, and the Holy Spirit gives us this this the ability to grow through Him. He also lives in all believers and dwells permanently in them to see us grow daily. He lives in us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, Romans 8, 9. He dwells in us permanently. It's not like the Holy Spirit's within us and then he leaves and then he comes back and then he leaves and then he comes back. But he dwells within us permanently. John 14, 16, Ephesians 4, 30. Before the New Testament, the Holy Spirit didn't dwell within people. Okay, it wasn't it wasn't until he came to this earth and 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 personally came at Pentecost before he started dwelling within people. Point number three. See, we're moving right along. The work of the Holy Spirit is there for you to comfort you. In your time of need. Wherever you're at this evening, whatever situation you're in, the Holy Spirit is within you to help you out. The Holy Spirit is is there for you 
to help give you comfort. I had a, I had a neighbor that, um, we were out of town the weekend that we had the whole sweet frog at the Mount event. And I had a neighbor who, who, uh, I had been talking to about our church and just some of the things that were going on and stuff. And she drove by our church, uh, that Saturday, that Saturday afternoon. She's like, oh man, that's awesome that they're, they're, they're giving out free sweet frog. That's incredible. So she went home, she grabbed the kids and she came back and it was over. <laughs> but get this. She's like, if they're willing to serve people in that way and to love on the community in that way, I'm gonna come back tomorrow morning. She came back to the 9.30 worship hour. She went to Roddy's Sunday school class and I got home that next Tuesday and I'm out there, I'm fixing the battery on my car. It seems like every time I go on vacation, like I get back and there's something wrong. So I'm fixing the battery on my car and she comes, she comes out and she's like all giddy. She's all excited. She's like, I went and I, I visited your church on Sunday morning. I was like, Oh, great. And she told me the whole story. And, and, and she's like, I'm, I just love how the Holy Spirit is using your church. Because I needed that comfort. And then Christy Runyon went and visited that, uh, that family last night. And Christy came over to my house afterwards and said, um, Curtis, who's the guy that lives there, had a family member who uh, passed away, an uncle. And it's been a hard week. I said, well, why has it been a harder week? And she said, well, the family member, the uncle was saved. But they also had a nephew who killed himself. Who wasn't saved. Here's the thing. What that family is going through, one, they see, that family mentioned to me how they saw the Holy Spirit at work among our church. Well, what that family's going through, the Holy Spirit's there to comfort them. Holy Spirit is there to help them out in these difficult days. And that's a great reminder for us, no matter where we're at in our spiritual lives and our Christian lives, the Holy Spirit's here to give you some comfort. And you know what? Every now and then, all of us need a little bit of comfort. And you know what? Maybe for some of us, maybe we need more comfort than others. That's okay. That's what the Holy Spirit's there for. There's going to be times where I'm going to need a lot more comfort than some, some of the other people in this church and vice versa. And that's a great thing about our God and about this aspect of the Trinity. The Bible calls him a helper, an advocate, a comforter for Christians. Instead of leaving us alone, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of each and every Christian to offer us encouragement, assistance, and comfort from the inside out. I know when, when I feel the Holy Spirit working within me, that's what it feels like, that he's working from the inside out. He starts inside my heart. He just, he works from the inside out. And, and, and there is no greater feeling and there is no greater result. So with that, I, I, I ask you, do you rely on the Holy Spirit for comfort from life's pain? I mean, when you are going through something, 
When, when you're having a difficult time, do you put your total reliance on God, the Holy Spirit, on God? Or do you go to something else? I've been in churches who, when they struggle, people in the church, when they struggle, instead of going to God, the Holy Spirit, they go to a drink. Or they go to pornography. Or they, they go to some type of drug. Or maybe even this. Maybe this is more... Maybe we can identify with this more. Maybe you go to your spouse. And there's nothing wrong with going to your spouse when you're hurting. But don't replace God with your spouse. One thing I've always preached on is, you know what? Your spouse shouldn't have to carry the load that God has to carry. You know, when when I married Allison, I was saying, Allison, will you be my wife? Not my Lord or not my Savior. And she shouldn't carry that load. And yes, we walked this journey together and there have been times where we've been in tears together. There have been heartaches together. And there are times where we struggle together. But guess what? I must, I must Seek out after the Lord, God, the Holy Spirit, to help me when I'm in pain. And sometimes that means we're going to do that together. And sometimes maybe I just need to go to God and say, God, please help. John 15, 26 says this. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father... He will bear witness about me. That's why the helper, that's why the Holy Spirit is the comforter. It's it's because he was sent from God the Father and he bears witness of God. What better help can we get than someone who bears witness of God? There is no better comfort than that. By providing a proper perspective and showing us the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit truly is, we can find delight in Him, teaching us through the Scriptures, even when it seems our world is collapsing. When I study God's Word, the Holy Spirit speaks to me. When I'm hurting, when my world feels like it's going to, going to collapse, I can study God's word and find comfort through the Holy Spirit speaking to me in that moment. When you hear someone preach, when you hear someone teach and you're like, hey man, that's been really convicting. It's not because we, uh, we have made some creative message. No, it's because the Holy Spirit's at work. He's the one teaching and training. So do you... And here's a question for all of us this evening as we get close to closing. Do you regularly find comfort in God's word? Because if you do, that's finding comfort in God. That's finding comfort in the Holy Spirit. One of the things I would like to challenge you with this evening. 
is the Holy Spirit's one of those topics that we tend to forget. So I want to challenge you with this. I have three discussion questions. I want you to go home this evening or or sometime before Sunday. And I want you and your family. And and if you're single, find a friend who who is a godly individual who you feel like you can talk to about this. And you ask these three questions. Why is the Holy Spirit so needed in our lives? Have that discussion. And I plan, on, I plan on having this with Allison sometime in the next few days. Why, why, is, God, why is the Holy Spirit so necessary in my, my, my life and Allison's life and our lives together? How do you see the Holy Spirit's evidence in our lives and in the situations we're presently in? So I'm going to ask Allison, Allison, how can you see the Holy Spirit in my life? And we're going to have that discussion. And I hope, I hope she sees it. I hope she doesn't say, well, I'm sorry. We don't see it. <laughs> and then thirdly, in what ways can we trust in the Holy Spirit more as our comforter, as our teacher, guide, and helper? Ha- take 15 minutes, and I'm telling you, you'll be worth it. And if you don't have a devotional time at home, hey, this is a great time to start with something like this. And take these questions and, and go home and just, just talk about it. I, I promise you, God and the Holy Spirit, you know, three in one, they will be pleased that you did this at home. And that, that's the whole goal of the Holy Spirit is for us to please God. There are three books that I think are helpful and I recommend on this topic, if this is something that you're like, hey, man, now this is an awesome topic. You know, we don't learn much about the Holy Spirit. Uh, th- there are three books I recommend for you that have helped me understand this even more. The first book is called Forgotten God by Francis Chan. Francis Chan is the, one, is the author of Crazy Love that our students went through that study um, uh, last winter. Um, great, great book because he just goes through how the church has totally forgotten about this aspect of God. The next book is called God's Indwelling Presence, uh, Presence, the Holy Spirit in the Old and New Testament by James Hamilton. Uh, Dr. Hamilton was was my Old Testament and New Testament professor at Southern Seminary. Great, great read. And then if you really want to get deep into this topic and you want a seminary level book, there's the book called The Holy Spirit by Sinclair Ferguson. He is a Presbyterian pastor in South Carolina and teaches at Westminster uh, Seminary. So th- those are three good books that you can read. I kind of went in order of most practical, kind of in between, and then very, very deep. Okay, so uh, hopefully that will help you out.